Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome into Life Planning 101 on this beautiful Monday morning. Angela Robinson with us. And Angela, I didn't even ask before we get on there. Are we being naughty or are we being nice today? <laughs> We're always nice. I, I don't know about that naughty part, but uh, we definitely are going to dive off deep into the investment world today. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Have you noticed? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's, you know, we're hitting all-time highs in the market. Then we have big down days and and what's going on. I think uh, we don't have Trump tweets to blame it on anymore. So, you know, we definitely have. They still try to blame it on Trump. We still, yeah, of course, (laughs) we still try to blame it on on Trump. And and then uh, we do have Washington that seems to have just gone off the deep end, literally, with a lot of stuff. So what do we do about this? What's going on with this? And uh, this is the first time ever I talked to in the last couple weeks i've talked to three different people that have done their own investing for years and years and years and they came to us because they said we don't know what to do right now we really don't know what to do and there's a very good point to that there's actually historical evidence that buy and hold strategies don't work because if you just buy and hold something then that something may be irrelevant. It may not even be a something down the road, and those companies can go up and smoke, right? Yet, long-term investing, there's a lot of proof in the pudding around long-term investing. So what's the difference? And it all boils down to some key ingredients. Well, that's what we're going to talk about on Life Planning 101. And, you know, I got to think about this. I was like, gosh, I don't even know where to start. There's just so many different areas that we can focus on. And I came across this little article uh, called The Smart Investor, 11 Wild Facts About Financing and Investing. And there's this really great story in here. So I want to share this. And this is about having extreme intelligence doesn't necessarily mean success in investing. I'm going to repeat that. Having extreme intelligence does not guarantee success in investing. And you may be thinking, well, isn't that what you get hired for is intelligence? Well, let's just listen to this little story. So there was a hedge fund called Long-Term Capital Management, and it was staffed full of PhDs. They had even two Nobel Peace Prize winners, okay, Myron Scholes and Robert Merton in its ranks. Warren Buffett came out and said about them, if you took 16 of those people at long-term capital management, they probably have the highest average IQ of any 16 people working together in one business in this country. Wow. Wow, right? Including Microsoft, including Apple, including whoever, right? You want to name. It's an incredible amount of intellect, he said. So they opened their doors in February 1994. The firm went bust just a few short years later. One dollar invested in its fund in February of 1994 became just 30 cents by September 1998, losing 70% of its value. And in 2009, Andrew Lowe, a a financial professor at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, started his own investing fund in the U.S., okay? Finance professor, right? 2009 was the year when many, you know, things boomed and then bust. And, if you, you know, everything from the financial crisis was um, 
was doing really good. And so uh, obviously he did great in 2010. But then he started to lose a little bit in 2011, lose a little bit more in 2012, lose a little bit more in 2013, and he shut his fund down in 2014. So why did that happen when the U.S. market nearly doubled from 2009 to 2013? Bad choices. Bad choices. Okay. So Larry Swedro has a book. It's called The Quest for Alpha, The Holy Grail of Investing, and he describes what's called the Mensa's Investment Club in the U.S. And the Mensa's members have an IQ of, of about the top 2% of the global population. I'd say that's pretty yeah. pretty smart, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't fall there. Um, so in 15 years that ended in 2001, the S&P 500 gained over 15% a year, while the Mensa's U.S. Investment Club just earned a little over 2.5% a year. Did you hear that discrepancy? For 15 years... 15% a year by the markets, average 2.5% a year by the world's top 2% of IQ. Lesson. Here's what Warren Buffett has to say about this. After all, we always talk about WWWD. What would Warren do, right? <laughs> he is the uh, alleged greatest investor of all time. Obviously, he's human. Obviously, past performance does not indicate future results, right? But I say he has pretty good little track record. So what does he say about this? You don't need to be a rocket scientist. Investing is not a game where the guy with 160 IQ beats the guy with 130 IQ. It's more important to invest with the right investment framework and have control over our emotions than it is to have extreme intelligence. That wow. makes sense. What do we always talk about on the show? What's the most important ingredient that you can have with your investments? What's the biggest risk that you have with your investments? Your, your emotions. Your emotions. And that's exactly what happened here. You took the smartest people in the entire world, and they can't do it for themselves because basically their emotions get in the way. Well, I think now more than ever, I don't know about you, but emotions are kind of rampant. I kind of see it. I don't know. I try to stay away from the news as much as possible, but it's everywhere, right? So how are you keeping yourself in check? Who is being your accountability partner to make sure that happens? Because after all, burying your money in the backyard on a potential horizon of huge inflation is probably not the best thing to be doing, No, right? So what do you do about all this? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on Life Planning 101 today. When we come back, you're not going to want to miss it. Segment two, Life Planning 101. We're talking investments, Angela. Yes, investments. And uh, what a crazy time it is to be an investor. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of unknowns. And uh, I pulled up this quote from Socrates. It says, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building on the new. Think about that. Not on fighting the old, but building on the new. Fighting the old is burying your money in the backyard, right? right. Is that really going to be a successful venture for you? I doubt it will be, right? Because in reality, if, you know, and I talk about this to people all the time, you know, is that if we want to get really emotional about things and we want to think that we're, you know, going to be going back to the trade days, what is cash money going to do for you? It's not going to do anything. No. It's not going to be worth anything, right? So uh, if we hit hyper, hyper inflation, what's cash money going to do for you? It's going to be worthless. So, you know, none of that makes any bit of sense. And so what should you be focusing on? What should you be doing? What should you be building on? 
And that's where your eyes need to be focused. And sometimes it's really difficult for us to separate our emotions and our logic, especially when it has to do with our money. You know, we talk about this, that, that money isn't life, but it's kind of like oxygen to us. Right. Um, we need it to be able to survive and thrive. And, you know, in the U.S., I, I think... Uh, we're blessed every single day. I was listening to this amazing sermon this weekend about the parable with uh, Jesus that he, you know, the, the man that gets the one talent and then the man that gets the two talents and then the man that gets the three talents. And if you actually go back and try to figure out what those are worth, a talent is like the equivalent of a million dollars. Oh, wow. So when the man with one talent runs into the man with two talents, and says, hey, why the heck did you get two talents? My one talent. What am I going to do with my one talent? <laughs> well, here we are as U.S. citizens and we have one talent talent. If you're a U.S. citizen, you have one talent. So how are you going to, you know, treat that million dollars? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with your earning power? What are you going to do with your future? How are you going to build on this new? And it may not be a new that you like. It may be a new that you love, but it may not. And so what does that mean for you? What do you need to be thinking about? And I think it's more important today than ever not to just set it and forget it. You got to be active. You got to figure out where is this world actually going? Because here's what I will tell you is that if you do nothing, you're going to get left in the dirt. If you think about where the velocity of money will be going, then that might change everything for you. Right. So I want you to think about another thing. Warren Buffett was brought up about Warren Buffett in the same article I was reading earlier. It's talking about one of Warren's best long term investments actually looked like a loser for the first few years. He started buying uh, shares of the Washington Post Company, known as Graham Holdings, in 1973, and he spent $11 million for that. And by the end of 2007, Washington Post's stake had grown by more than 10,000% and was worth $1.4 billion. But here's the kicker. The stock prices fell 20% after his investment and stayed there for three years. So for three years, he just wrote it out that's right that's right so why are we so quick that when something doesn't seem to be working to want to get rid of it you know money doesn't work that way think about your life think about the way that you actually build wealth does it happen overnight for 99.99 percent of people no no I mean, yes, there is the point zero 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 one percent of people that win the lottery or something to that nature but even if you inherit it where did that come from? It wasn't earned overnight. No. It took years and years and years to build. So why are we so wanting things so rapidly, so quickly when we start taking that money and making that money work for itself? It's the American way. Instant gratification. <laughs> Instant gratification, right? And we're so used to it. And I hate to say this. We're even worse used to it right now because of everything that's gone on since really 2009. You know, we um, released that 87 reasons why not to invest in the stock market every year. Right. Well, we're putting that out in our newsletter this week. So, by the way, subscribe to our newsletter if you're not. www.kennedy-financial.com. www.kennedy-financial.com. But, I mean, for the most part, the market has gone pretty well just up since 2009. We had some blips, no doubt. But let's just read these reasons that you shouldn't have invested in the stock market, starting with what we're going through right now, the border crisis. There's a reason. What about last year? COVID-19. What about the year before? Trump's quid pro quo impeachment. What about 2018? U.S.-China trade war. 
How much are you hearing about that right now? 2017, North Korea's nuclear testing. 2016, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. That was a a ring battle like I'd never seen. Uh, 2015, the Paris attacks and the U.S. mass shootings. Did we all forget about those? 2014, Ebola. Oh, my gosh, everybody's been talking about COVID. Did you remember Ebola, right? Ebola. Um, 2013, the Boston Marathon bombing. 2012, we fell off the U.S. fiscal cliff that year. Everything was going to freeze up, remember? Nobody was going to be able to get any money. Everything was going to die. 2011, the European pigs. Remember them? They all went bankrupt. 2010, the BP oil spill. Mm -hmm. Mm. In 2009, the U.S. unemployment rate exceeded 10%. One-tenth of our population was unemployed. Can you believe that all of those things have happened, yet the market has climbed all that wall of worry? Why is that? It is amazing, right? It is amazing. I mean, you take any period in the market, and you can see that. And every day, there's a new reason not to be an investor. But there's just one reason that you should be an investor. And the reason that you should be an investor is what are you doing with that talent, right? What are you actually making happen with that money that you've worked so hard to earn? Is it going to get buried in the backyard and you're going to go broke safely? Or are you going to put it to work for you and do something with it? And then the question is, how do you do that, right? Do you do it emotionally? No. Or do you do it logically? And that's so important. I hear so many people right now. Bitcoin. Dogecoin, good Lord, all these coins, right? All this crazy madness that's going on. And I'm not saying that that it's a horrible thing. Remember we did the investment pyramid? Right. Okay, so remember on that investment pyramid, where that fit? Was it at the safe investments? No. No. It was like right under the Vegas money, right? (laughs) Okay, yet everybody wants to put all their eggs in that basket. Why? Is it that immediate gratification that we want? Remember Enron? Does anybody remember Enron? I mean, it's actually on this list. 2002, corporate accounting scandals. Remember, they all started coming out after Enron. So if you're putting all your eggs in one company in one basket or the majority of your eggs in one company or one basket, just because maybe it's always done good or maybe you've always worked for that company or maybe it's because it's the hot new thing. Whatever the reason, it doesn't make it the right reason. Any company is just one scandal away from exactly. big market change. And, I, and I'll give you a very sad story, which we have a personal relationship with, a, a real estate company that we did business with for years. And uh, a guy had a vendetta against this company. So they're in court right now. All this is public record about they had a plot to go in and try to um, get the, they got the FBI to raid them. They got every major accounting uh, company out there not willing to do their books. And so they basically are making the company implode so that they could short sell it. The same thing that all that crazy stuff was about GameStop, this big hedge fund did to this little real estate company with all these little mom and pop investors. So think about this. Everything is one, like you said, one scandal away, one step away. So really, is it a smart thing to put all your eggs in one basket, one sector, one country? I don't think so. You know, you need to be logical. You need to have a plan. You need to have an active plan. And furthermore, like we talked about earlier, there's change. So does change mean that what worked over the last 10 years is going to be what works over the next 10 years? No. No, it's not. 
So what are you doing about that? And who's helping you look at that and figure out what needs to be done? More when we come back on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss it. Final segment, Life Planning 101, right here on KTX KDY. Angela has all kinds of great investment information. Yes, we're talking about investments, risks, your future. What do you need to be doing? Because there is a lot of change. Things are hitting an all-time high, yet they're talking inflation. So I want to take us back in history. We're going to take a walk back through history. And we're going to go through the 20-year period ending in 2011. That include the decade of no returns, right, in the market? Okay, so let's, let's revamp this history. So in 1992, there was a global recession. In 93, there was health care reform. Hmm, sound familiar? 94, the Fed raised interest rates six times wow. in 1994. Yes. 95, the Dow tops 5,000. <laughs> it was a record high. 1996, the Dow tops 6,000. How about that? Uh, 1997, the Hong Kong reverted to China. 1998, there was the Asian flu. 1999, the Y2K scare. Uh, 2000, the tech bubble burst. 2001, terrorist attacks on the USA. 2002, we mentioned that one, the corporate accounting scandals. 2003, the invasion of Iraq. 2004, interest rates rise. 2005, Gulf hurricanes. 2006, North Korea tests nuclear missiles. Man, a lot of this just repeats itself, doesn't it? Okay, 2007, the Chinese correction. 2008, the global financial crisis begins. 2009, we mentioned it. U.S. unemployment rate exceeds 10%. The BP oil spill in 2010, and then the European pigs in 2011. Does that sound like a time that the the markets could make money? On the surface, no. On the surface, no. The S&P still returned an annualized 7.8%. You want to know what the average investor made during that same period, according to Dalbar? How much? 2.1. 2.1. So the SP did seven, the average investor did 2.1. Yeah, 7.8, almost 8%, 7.8. right? That's a massive spread. So we talk about emotion, we talk how critical that is. And I don't think it's just emotion. I think it's that we try to be too smart. We try to outguess things. We try to um, maneuver things rather than just sticking to our disciplines and knowing what works. And we know our process works. My brother will be the first to tell you that when he starts to get emotional about the market, he's got a list on his board of of disciplines that he walks himself through to, to check himself and basically to make sure that everything is what it's supposed to be. Because if you look at the facts and figures, it might be totally different than what you're looking at from an emotional standpoint that you see on CNN or Fox or whatever it is. So did you hear about the two fish swimming in a tank? No. All right. One turned to the other one and said, do you know how to drive this thing? Okay. (laughs) To a Texan, that might not make a lot of sense. To a Montanan, it's always a joke because they say, what do y'all call your little water things down there, your little reservoirs? They call them reservoirs, right? What the heck? It's brown. It's ugly. It's not a reservoir. It's a tank. It's I a mean, tank. literally, it's a tank. In Illinois, they're called but, ponds. Yes. They, yeah. Ponds, reservoirs. I mean, they call them whatever. But <laughs> I mean, they're, to hear they're muddy, murky things that just tank is a better word for that, right? It's just place for a, a cow to get a drink. It is. So a Montana would be wondering how to drive it, right? right. <laughs> and a Texan um, just thinks it's something you, you fish catfish out of and you got to clean them real good. But the reality of that is, is that that's the point of investing. What appears to be may not be at all. What appears to be useless or not capable, or maybe everything to somebody that knows what they're doing with it. 
Right. And I think that's the world that we're living in today. And I think those are the disciplines that you need to make sure and have. Number one, are you focused on your future and your goals and what you really want, and not on what's happening day to day? Number two, do you have your risk right? That's a big one. I tell you this, the most successful investors are the ones that stay invested. Bottom line, sure. stay invested. They don't get in and out, they stay invested. Those are the most successful investors. Number three is you've got your risk, you've got your goals. What is your portfolio made of? What is the core of your portfolio? And is it just one, two, three, four, five, even just a hundred things? That probably isn't enough diversification. It probably isn't a good enough fit for your situation. Number four, what disciplines do you have in place when the market goes down and when the market goes up? Because you need them. What disciplines do you have in place when things go on sell and when they become over expensive? Because you need them. Are you just invested in an index fund or a, a target date fund? Is that really the best thing for your situation? Does that give you good disciplines? Or does that force you to invest really in what doesn't match your goals and doesn't match your risk? Do you know those things? That's really important stuff and you gotta be able to know those things. And then last but not least, who's gonna help you out of that emotional bind when it happens? Because it will. There will be a day that you will get scared. All of us do. We all have to gut check. What did I just say about our very own CFA? It happens. Sure. So who's gonna be there to help you walk off that ledge, walk backwards, and make sure you stay invested? Doesn't mean you have to stay invested the way you've been invested, but maybe it's investing in the way of change, the way of the future. You know, I always think about this today. If if you're uh, really scared of all this regulation coming down the pipeline and you don't like it, well, I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be a lot of companies making a lot of money off of that. Are you invested in the right place? It's as easy as that. It's as easy as that, but it's also as hard as that. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, because exactly. you're making the emotions that come into it yes. is the thing that, and I mean, everybody wanted to, not everybody, but a lot of people thought when COVID hit, you know, the stock market went way down. Right. And the people that wrote it out, very made money. successful. And That's I right. can remember you and Aaron saying it's a do over. Yeah. Because it went back to pre Trump. Yes. Times. Yes, that's exactly right. So the people that took advantage pre-Trump and then took again at COVID, they double dipped. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. We've got to look at everything as an opportunity rather than looking at it as a hindrance. Everything in life is that talent. Everything. Find the gratitude in and you will be blessed with more. That's actually biblical, right? Sure. So, you know, we have to think that way. We have to think that way as investors. And I'm not just here to be positive and the glass is half full. I promise you, we look at the half half empty glasses all the time. You get us on any kind of railroad about, you know, what's going to hurt capitalism because we're investors and we like capitalism, right? But the reality is, is that even without capitalism, Europe is still standing. They're still doing well, a different well, but they're still doing well. And we can too. So I hope today, if you didn't get anything else out of this, is that you got the idea that you need to pack in some disciplines and you need to be in a place that you're not going to go broke safely and that you're not going to get whiplashed because you got emotional. And check your emotions at the door. That's exactly right. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services here in the great town of Eastland, Texas. God bless everyone. Have a great week, and we hope you join us next week for Life Planning 101. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.